I didn't know by me being dumped into this morning that it was going to be dumping out when I come in. That's as close as I can get to Moses coming off a mountain. That's as close as I can get. I say that's the closest I can get, but bless God, he's got more for us. Do you know how much God has in store for you? How much he loves you to the point of no return? Do you, do you understand that? The, he loves you to the point of no return. There's no way for him to turn back on you now. He can't do it. He just can't do it. He's already came, he's already died, he's already left. He's there waiting to come back. He, he's beyond a point of no return. He, there is something, Michelle, I don't ever want to steal your joy of giving. But I'm, I'm going to help you and present you. There. Bible says that he loves a cheerful giver. And I know one that rejoices every time she does. Every time she gives, it's... Well, if you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and open them up. We're going to go into Mark chapter 9. And uh, if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to get the message from last week. We're starting a new series. It's called Come Up Here. It's called Come Up Here. And in this series, what I am praying that God will do is allow you an opportunity to see yourself in a place where he has called you to. I do not want to end this series with you still setting and maintaining your same position as when we started this series. I want you to come up here. I don't want you to continue laying and wandering and pillaging here and there and falling into pig pens and whatnot and and just hang I want you to come up here. God has given us an opportunity to come up here. And he keeps calling us, come up here, come up here. And the church has constantly for generations and for ages they have been preaching that God will come down here. God has already been here. He made a way for us to come up here. He said that God has, Jesus has given us, he has blessed us with every good thing in heavenly places. We've got to come up here to get what that which we've already been given. We wander in sickness, we wander in our brokenness, we wander in despair and lost hope, we wander in things that this world continuously gives out and gives out. And God said, come up here. I almost feel like I want to preach. He's leaning over his throne every day, every waking moment. He's leaning over his throne and he's calling your name and he's saying, Dennis, come up here. If we'll just come up here, he'll show us the Spirit of God will reveal the secret things of God. If we'll just come up here. But we've got to come up here. Church, we've got to stop. We, we've got to stop this play. The, the, this little thing that we have orchestrated, it's almost as if they've written a script and they passed it to every church. The seven ways to break free, the ten ways out of bondage. And let me tell you, there ain't but one way. There ain't no ten, there ain't no fifteen, there ain't no three, there ain't no seven. There's one way. And he said, I am the way. And nobody's going to come to the Father except through him. You better stop trying to read the books of a quick fix. God's calling his church. Come up here. We've got to arise above our situations and above our circumstances. We can't continuously think that this is what God intended. I need to preach before or get in here before I. I was poured. I was. I was poured this in this morning, and I, and I'm. Just, I'm 
I'm going to stay as close to this piece of paper as I can. Mark chapter 9, starting at verse 1. I'm just going to read. Man, do y'all understand how good God is? I'm sorry, I can't get started yet. Man, if we only stood, if we only stood in his presence long enough and quit worrying about running here and there and to and fro and just getting up in the middle of his goodness and hanging out for a while, taste and see that the, it was good when they said to me, <laughs> and he said to them, Father, bless your word. Assuredly, y'all remember we talked about that. Jesus was, Jesus always, man, he always saying, he assuredly, or hear me, or check this out, or hey, hey, all the time it was double up. It was, it was assuredly, it was hey, check, listen to me, because I promise you what I'm about to tell you. Assuredly, I say to you that there are some standing here. Hear the word of the Lord. There are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. <laughs> I'm going to park here for a minute. Most would read that scripture and say, well, all of them died. This was to the apostles. All of them died. They tasted death. You didn't continue reading the story. <laughs> you didn't continue reading. We're going to read this morning because I want you to know that assuredly, whatever God says, assuredly, it will come to pass as he says it. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John. That's where I get for the love of Peter, James, and John. He loved them so much. That was his three, baby. That was his ones that stuck to it. And led them up a high mountain. <laughs> apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became shining. Shining. Became shining, not shiny. Shiny is what shining presents. Oh, see? If we ain't careful in the verbiage, we'll miss that. He wasn't a reflection of what was. He was that which is. All right, stop. He poured and poured and poured, and I want some more, more, more. His clothes became shining exceedingly white, not just white, like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. Man, how in the world... Even Clorox won't do that, baby. Hmm? Maybe I need to get some Jesus cloak. Don't need no Clorox. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses. And they were talking. They were talking with Jesus. I, I gotta, I've got to get through this. They, they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Did you see what he called him? I've, I've, I've given you all the distinction, right? You, uh, Rabbi, he's just your teacher, but Lord, he, he lords over your He's got all of your life under his hand when you express to him, Lord, Lord, Lord. 
You've come to a different moment, a different season, a different level in your life. When you start now approaching him, not as rabbi, but Lord. And poor Peter. Man, a lot, sometimes he just thought to shut up. But he said, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Because he did not know what to say. For they were greatly afraid. Sometimes when you don't know what to say, don't say it. (laughs) Most of the time when you think you know what to say, don't say it. Well, we could get far with that one. Can we just preach on that this morning? I'll just stop everything. We'll just sit right here and preach on keeping your mouth. Never mind. And a cloud came down and overshadowed them. And a voice came out of the cloud. Saying, this is my beloved son. See, this isn't the first time they've heard this voice, or this isn't the first time this voice is mentioned in Scripture. I'll say that because I don't necessarily know that all the apostles was on the riverbank when Jesus was baptized. Suddenly, when they had looked around, they saw no one anymore, but only Jesus with themselves. Thank God there's sometimes I can look around and I don't see anyone but Jesus. Now as they came down from the mountain, he commanded them that they should tell no one of these things that they had seen till the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept this word to themselves. Nice little principle this morning. Sometimes when you're spoken of something, it is probably better that you keep it to yourself. Come on. It's, I entitled it, come up here. See, I gotta, you got to come up here. You, in order for you to set and pluck the fruits of God's word in this series, you're going to have to get from where you are and come up here to get it. Some of the best fruit ain't the low-lying fruits. Questioning what the rising from the dead meant. Even, even when they didn't fully understand. That God's trying to teach you something right here. When you don't fully understand something, just be quiet. When you don't know the whole story, shut up. Get up here. Come on, church. When you only have half of the tale, be quiet. It's better that way. See, if you'll just lay back and just wait for a little bit and be quiet and listen and just hang out with you and God for a while, he'll go ahead and expose everything out there so that you've got all of the story. And then you can go, man, I'm glad I didn't say nothing because if I'd have said something. Come on, church. I know y'all ain't never been there. Y'all ain't never been there. All right, y'all ready? There's a few things that God pointed out this morning as I read this. And one of the first things that he showed me was the fact that not all going up would be immediate. See, he had told them that he's going to take them up, right? Well, it took six days. He said that this was going to happen, but it took six days 
for him to grab Peter, James, and John to take them to higher ground. See, there's things in your life. You might think there's instantaneous change. Sometimes it takes time. And for those religious folk, I'm going to kick you in the leg too. For those religious folk, when people get saved, trust me, yeah, there, there might be an immediate thing that's there that you might be able to see something. But can I tell you that the word says grow up into yourself? Does that mean that everything is there when you back when you're that see them? Uh-oh. Most of you think that when you're saved, you arrived and everything's good. Now everybody else has to live like you, or it's not right. It's called unholy if you walk differently than what I walk. That's, come on, Christian. Second Peter 1 puts it like this. It says, for this very reason, make every effort. I went to the NIV because I love the wording. Make every effort. That means do, do a button. I want to run through here and just snatch something and pull you out your chair. Listen, make every effort. That means go above and beyond. Even when it hurts, do it anyway. When it don't look right, do it anyway. When it don't smell right, you keep doing it. When it don't feel right, you do it anyway. You make every effort. You go above and beyond. You stop sitting in your complacency and you do it anyway. You're building up. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness. See, some of you got the faith and you still ain't got no goodness in you. You're still rotten to the core. And you're not making an effort. Your faith is built through the choices you make. It ain't built. Your faith can't be built by what God shows you and what God gives you. Bible says, if I can see it, I don't need any hope. What's the sense of hoping for a wife when I got her? Huh? Amen. When I see that thing, I got that thing. I don't have to worry about hoping. I don't have to, I don't have to have faith for it anymore. It's there. But now I'm to build onto that. Now with every effort, I am to add to. Oh, you'll get it. You'll get it today and you're going to walk right into a door jam. (laughs) And to goodness, knowledge. Add to it. Be a good person. Then add, add to your goodness with knowledge. Get into his word and add to your goodness. Maybe your goodness doesn't register with his goodness. Maybe it's something you need to add to. Can I tell you that you ain't never going to be perfect until the day you enter into heaven with the new body? Man, my body could be banging, boy. That eight pack. I don't want six. I want eight of them. And to knowledge, self-control. See, some Christians can get past the goodness and the knowledge. And then the self-control just out of whack. Let that just baste in. We slow cooking this morning. It's the best food, ain't it, Lenny? It's the slow cooking. Can't rush it. And the self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing to continually grow, Increasing measures. 
they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, if, if you're not willing to do those things, you're ineffective. You're unproductive. I don't want to stand before God and hear that I was unproductive because I wasn't willing to add to self-control. I wasn't willing to add to godliness. I reached one level in my life, one level in my Christianity. I went one Sunday morning, I felt God for the first time in my life, and it tasted so good, and I ran up, and I took a big old bite out of that cake, because I don't like pie. I took a big bite out of that cake, and I ain't going to turn back, and it was the best thing in the world, but that's as far as I'll ever go. I'm here to tell you this morning, if you stop right there, baby, you missing it. There is more on the king's table than you can afford or eat. I can't wait, man. I bet you he's got a macadamia nut cookie. <laughs> and you just take, all you have to take is one bite. You don't eat, you, ain't gotta eat, you take one bite and that flavor just lasts forever. It's as if you just recently took a bite. Come on, what's your favorite? I ain't going to ask y'all what y'all's favorite drink is. Y'all going to say bourbon and Coke and stuff. So I better just leave that alone. But I'm just telling you, God's goodness is forever. It's continual. Bite that cookie and go to look down, and it don't even look like you took a bite. Man, you can still taste it. Because everything in heaven's perfect. Oh. See, you just you got to get the imagination. The other thing that God showed me in this passage was we're chosen. We are chosen. Ephesians 1 puts it this way. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. John 15, 16 puts it like this. You did not choose me. This is Jesus talking. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appoint, I, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. How are we to bear the fruit? We just read it. We add to. Huh? If you just if you just go in the garden, David, and all you do is do like Tommy, and you just plant the tomatoes, and you never show back up again, what's the likelihood of having a mater on the vine? Huh? You got to add too. You got to put some work into. It. You have to labor for a while. See, you we don't want to do we don't want to do what it causes or calls us to do. In order for it to produce. We just want to plant it. And hope to God it produces. See some of y'all live by this scripture. One man plant. Another man water. And God bring the increase. So you think if you plant it. Somebody else take care of it. Right Tommy? That's what David done to Tommy's garden. <laughs> Had to work as a man. Look. See you just never know when you're going to be used. In one of these holy scriptures like that. Tommy you just see. It just happened to fall in place this morning. I, I got to make sure you awake. See, if I let you sleep for one second, you're going to miss something, and it will be the very thing that would have changed your life. You see what I'm saying? When, when you're distracted by somebody getting up and going to the bath, I got to make sure you're paying attention here. When I see that you're thinking about your chicken... After church, I, I got I to gotta get a little louder so I get your attention again. I know it just uptight some of you, get you twisted when I get loud, but oh well, I'm trying to feed you an eternal food that will, oh, 
and sustain you. See what happened when he chose Peter, James, and John. Tommy, you can go back to that first scripture. Let's just go on back to the opening scripture. I'll, I'll try to dig out of that and mine that one for a little while. He said, now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John. We talked about being chosen. See... This is what happens when you're chosen. You pulled apart. See, when God, when God reached down and, and spoke to your soul, and the Holy Spirit drew you unto salvation, and He sealed you with His Spirit, there were people and things in your life that the Bible tells us to come away from. Pulls you apart, separate. See, the other 9, 10, 11, 12, the other 9 wasn't ready. Oh, Jesus makes a way for us to come higher, but you may not be ready what signs are you showing to let him know that you're ready for the next level are you still fighting the test of unforgiveness are you still fighting the test of bitterness and hatred and anger and sin are, are you still are you still fighting that the likelihoods of you taking another step probably will be slim God's not going to put you in a place that you can't handle without first giving you a way out. Some of your way out is your sin that you walk in. Because if he took you to the next level, you couldn't handle it. And if he took you there and you wasn't able to handle it, that would go against his work, make him a liar. And he says, let every man be a liar. Let God be true. Have I not spoken? Well, I'm not, come on. Because we're chosen, we'll always be pulled apart. Don't, don't be so downcast because it feels like you're being pulled. Rejoice. Paul said, it was good that I was afflicted. Oh, he just keeps pouring and pouring. Love him. It was good. So if you're being pulled, you're chosen. Paul said, it's not that I've already attained. But this I do, I reach. For that's what's sitting in front of me. I forget. Always being pulled. The desire, the want, the call. The call. The call to come and the desire to stay. Being pulled to and fro, back and forth. Being pulled. The call. He's calling me up here. But do I desire to stay? Am I complacent? Am I comfortable? Do I feel that I've already achieved? Have I already come to that measure? Is this as far as God wants to take? Am I okay? The call against the desire. Where do you go? You're being pulled apart because you were chosen. He chose you because he knew that what he chose you for would achieve what somebody else could not do. He knew that was what was in you would be that which would achieve his purpose. Be careful. Don't be haughty. Don't be prideful. Don't you dare be arrogant. He used a jackass in the Bible. Amen. 
when he can't use the man. Boy, wouldn't that be shameful? That's shame, shame, shame. Shameful. Shameful. Go and stand before God, and, and he lets a donkey in heaven and says, this is the one that I used. Oh, it's shameful, shameful. This is who I used to let do what you wouldn't do because we are not totally committed. We aren't submitted. We're halfway. We're lukewarm. Come up here. Don't get mad at me and start going back down the hill. Come on up here. God called them to a higher place. A place they not experienced before. See, they ain't been on the mountain. Only Moses was on the mountain. They ain't been up there yet. See, this, oh, I can't, no, behave right. Some will hold to familiar and will never experience the reality of the divine. You want that again? Because it, it worked me over. Some will hold to familiar. You'll, you fall in love with, you marry. This is familiar. Hold to it. hold to this because my desire for this outweighs my desire to experience the reality of the divine. And we wonder why we struggle in life so much because we're holding to familiar. And God's constantly sowing seed through his people for the sheep that they could take that seed and plant it in their life and grow. He's making possible. He's making way. And you refuse to go. See, some of you become so comfortable in your familiar that you don't hold to it anymore. You're handcuffed to it. See, that's when, that's when in life that you become so bound that you operate in bondage for so long, it becomes familiar. You believe it to be a way of life. Come on, if you don't know how Christians act, read the Bible. Check out the Israelites from the time that they went into captivity. Because they went in freely. <laughs> Come on church. You choose the bondage you set in. Because God sent Jesus. And when he sent Jesus. He broke. <laughs> the bondage. I'm no longer a slave. To sin. It no longer has power. Oh, but you are constantly. How many of you found yourself here this week? Come on, be honest with yourself for a minute. When you could have done one thing and God could have took you to another level, you stayed because you were comfortable. When we're chosen, we're called to go higher. One of, the, one of the greatest challenges for a Christian is to live in that which they are called. <laughs> I believe that that would be half of the reason why Christian people fall off. Because they fail to live at the level in which they were called. We, we, won't, we won't make a decision to increase ourselves, But we'll make a decision to maintain where we are. See, life fun and games right now. 
It's funny, man. It's like it's like a board game. She get mad at me today. I just try to work on it tomorrow. I do wrong today. I just do right tomorrow. Don't go to church today. I just go next week. We won't live in the place that we're called. Our situations, when our situations begin to rise to a degree higher than our mentality, we have a tendency to fail at overcoming. And we slow it down. When our situations around us, the degrees get turned up a little bit. And they cause us to stretch. But because we are incapable of living where we're called, well, can, let me do this and then I'll come back. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2, Tommy. Let me give them just a little bit more word here. Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus, who was in the form of God. Man, I wish I had time to get in there, in the form of God. <laughs> Did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He, he, didn't, he didn't consider it was a bad thing to say that I'm equal with God. He knew he came out of God. He didn't consider it robbery. He is of God. He is equal to God. Look what it said. But he made himself of no reputation. He didn't go around. Tell, matter of fact, there's more scripture of him telling people, shh, don't be telling people what you just seen. Shh, don't you be telling people what I just did. Shh, don't you tell people what God just revealed to you. Come on, y'all with me? He wasn't about making no reputation. He was here to make a way. Oh, never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. Taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. This is God. <laughs> Y'all don't get it. This is God that chose, he chose to come down and live like me and you. Eat a little bit too much. Hang, right? Come on, you can agree with me. Eric won't look at me. <laughs> but he came down and chose to live in this man's shell. He didn't have to. He was God. There's none like him. But he said, I love you. Oh. <laughs> Is it possible that higher thinking The more humility, the higher the reward. For the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. There was a thing in the Bible, so I know what's in there. I can Google it. But he was talking about the ones that would come in. Take a back seat. Don't come all the way to the front. Sit in the back. And when you're noticed and you're called up. <laughs> and I believe that's a word too. You can Google it for me. Find it. It said call. Don't, don't, don't go all the way to the front and sit down. Wait for somebody to call you to come up there. And, and I'm almost positive it has the word come up. We got all day. Boy, Google's slow this morning. If Google would have went to church this morning. Huh? If Google would have took the prequel of the service this morning and used it to, come on, fertilize the ground, till the ground till it was ready. Are you there yet, Megan? Mama, help that child. 
Anyway, we're going to move. She'll stop me if we get there. But in order for us to be able to overcome our situations, we must have this mind in us. We have to think on the level that we're called. You're not, you, you can't fight demons from where you are. You have to fight demons from where you're at. That's the problem. That's why we fail, because most of us are at a place we weren't called. Tommy, go to Luke 14, 10. Oh, and it's in red, too, she says. So that was Jesus. Y'all know, know to pay, in, pay attention to the red in the Bible. That's, the, that's Jesus talking. Him, that's him spitting, spitting rhymes. Shut up, Sean. Boy, this might be a Sunday, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm giving you Wednesday with everything in me. Because I'm, I'm praying right now that the Holy Spirit just make you get a purple head today. Just blow your mind. I want you to come up here. There is nothing more frustrating to a pastor than to watch people that are born again, that have been chosen, and they sit in a place of complacency, never once working on coming up here. But when you are invited, this is Jesus talking. Why didn't you put them in red letters, Tommy? You know it was Jesus. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest Go and sit in the lowest place. And when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, oh, <laughs> he didn't even invite him. He, that's, there's a difference. Friend, go up higher. It's a difference. Come up higher. Go up higher. Come up higher is an invitation. Jesus said, listen. <laughs> Go up higher. Quit playing around where you are. Stop it. What are you wanting from God? You've, you've got to go. You've got to be separated. You've got to be pulled apart from people that you're associating with. Oh, it's going to hurt. Now you ain't going to be able to gossip tomorrow. Because I, I pray, I pray, I pray a spirit of conviction come on and sit on your shoulder and cause your phone to get hot when you start gossiping. I pray it melt. Listen. You're hurting yourself. Go up higher. Then, 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 when? When you go up higher, then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. When you go higher... Listen, man, I, why didn't I see that one when I was studying? That's right in here, baby. It's right in Because, see, that's what happened to the disciples. Jesus said that some of you won't even taste death till you see the glory of the kingdom. And he took the three with him. He took them higher. He took them up. He caused them to be removed. He pulled them apart. He chose them out of the crowd. Okay, Tommy, go back. Y'all all right? Look, I don't mind jumping around. I can preach all of them. You just hang on with me. It's a good virtue to have patience. Amen. Working on it. Working on it. Getting stretched, but I'm working on it. He said, apart from themselves. When, when, when we're chosen, <laughs> when we're chosen, when our situations rise to the degree, y'all remember that, when, it, when our situations rise to a degree then, that's higher than our mentality, 
we have a tendency to fail overcoming because we can't think greater than what we are, what, greater than what we're experiencing. We think we hit a wall, we're done. We can't, we can't see over it. See, I want that spirit where I jump over walls like David. Leap over them. Can I? You can't, let, you can't let people. You can't let people get in the way. God tell you, do it. People, you, you, can't, you can't go to the level that he's called you to by hanging on to the faith of those around you. They can't get you anywhere they haven't been. I don't want you leading me to glory if you ain't been there. And matter of fact, if you got there, I'm just crazy enough to believe that I can get a little higher. I don't want to go with you. Y'all won't see. That's, that's why the church is like this. Church should be like this. But nobody wants to live. We just won't walk around like you. Wherever the pastor say go, we go. Whatever he says do, we do. Whatever she say, we say. That's church. Pastor says, pastor's got to invite you to stand for praise and worship. Come on, think about it just for a minute. I'm trying to help you. Make you mad, but I'm trying to help you. Enter into a sanctuary. Now, I ain't calling this just a sanctuary because this is what it's set up to be. I'm saying that we enter into a sanctuary like it was this morning. It was a sanctuary this morning. They had like-mindedness. There were people in here seeking God. They, they was already reaching for the robe before you even got out of bed and rolled over and smacked the alarm clock, took the first drink you caught, brushed your teeth, put your shoes on. We already sitting here reaching for the garment of God. And you walk in just thought, hey, 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 man, I ain't seen you all week. How you doing, man? So good to see. And we sitting in here reaching for God's glory. No respect for God's house. No respect for God. No respect for one another. We just don't care anymore. Church walks just like this. God said, come up here. just can't get ourselves to believe what God says that we are. You've got to be able to think. You have to be able to think on the level that God's called you to be. You have to. You, you can't win the battle from where you're positioned. You've got to get above why do you think snipers go out and get high elevation? So they can see what's happening. So they don't get snook up on. <laughs> and what are we doing? As children of God, as chosen ones, anointed and appointed, predestined, what are we doing? Walking in the valleys and getting plucked off left and right by the enemy because we refuse to go higher. God said, come up here. Come up here. See, there was something about that mountain that God took them up, that Jesus took them up. It was known to be, it's about 9,000 feet above sea level. Pretty, pretty tall mountain. It was the highest that surrounded the Sea of Galilee. Isn't it something that God would chose that mountain to take them up? What happens when you... Anybody ever went and climbed Mount Everest? Don't lie, because I can look at you and tell whether you did or not. Tommy, there'll be an altar call after service for you. 
Matter of fact, let's just stop there. There ain't no sense of waiting for no altar call. Jesus forgiving. What? Well, Mike ain't in here. Mike. Charlie, you raising your hand that you climbed Mount Everest? Charlie is raising his hand, Miss Linda. Need a whooping. Need a whooping. But see, these mountains that you climb up, as you start going up these mountains, I mean, this mountain in the summertime would have snow on the top. So what do you think happens to the weather from the time you start at the bottom to the time you get to the top? Ain't much preparing, right? Especially if you ain't never been up there. You, you, you don't know what you're fitting to hit. Isn't that just like us in life? As we're going higher, man, we, we, we find so many different climate changes in our life as we begin, come on, come on. If, if you, listen, if you ain't going through some changes in seasons in your life, then my baby girl, you ain't moving. You ain't trying to go to the top. You're trying to stay down here and God's going, come up here. You're going to experience some things in life that you ain't ready for. Boy, don't you think God already knew that? Look at that verse when he said that Jesus led them. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that has found compassion in his heart? When he says, come up here, I'm going to make a way and I'll lead you. He says, I'll lead you besides still waters. <laughs> See, he leads, he will take you by the hand and lead you through all that life has in store for you. He'll walk beside you as he's calling you up. He's going to walk beside. He already knows what you're going to face. He's already prepared for what's going to happen. He walks. And see, if he's, <laughs> if he's the guide, he knows pretty much, oh, right about here, we're going to start losing a little bit of oxygen. I'm going to slow the pace down, and we're going to take more breaks to rest. See, you would know that. You would go, and next thing you know, asphyxicated, right? Be gone. I got a cough drop. I got a cough drop. <laughs> Asphyxiation. You'd be asphyxicated. <laughs> You'd pass out. Right? Be gone. But thank God he led us. Thank God he's willing to lead us. If we'll just listen. And on the way, <laughs> he got you. Oh, you might fall, scuff a knee, he got you. We can't stop here. This is just a plateau. This is, this is the first level of coming up here. You, we, uh-uh, we, come on. We, we didn't took a nap. We didn't got fed. We didn't, come on. We going to the next. When we're called higher, Jesus knows what we'll face. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just grateful that he knows what I don't. Peter said, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles. Come on, Peter. He took you to a high place. Don't, don't falter like Peter. God is a multi-dimensional God. There is always more to him. You're not going to reach the last plateau. God's always going to call you to another level. He don't want you complacent where you are. He wants you to experience him.
But before you start banging on Peter, we've all experienced this level of thinking before. We get to a similar place in our walk where we think we've arrived. That's where we stay. We think this is it. There's nothing left. There's no more. And this is where we stay. Peter seen the glory of God. But his thinking took him back to rabbi. Let's build the tabernacle here. One for all three of you. We'll just stay right here. How many of you have stayed? Holy Spirit, convict the heart of the ones that have the ears to hear. You've done all you're going to do for the kingdom. You think you're doing God a favor by giving your heart to the Lord. And you're going to ride that tailwind into heaven. Nothing in your life needs to change. Everything about you is perfect. That's how we act. We don't, we don't care. As long as we get to heaven, we don't care. Well, I tell you a couple weeks ago, if your actions don't line up with what you said, you're probably lying. See, if you keep acting the way that you're acting and nothing inside of you changes, how can I be so certain that there's a transformation? There you go judging. Nope, just the fruit. Just checking the fruit. I ain't condemning you into hell. I'm just telling you, I'd be, I'd be a little nervous hanging on the warm side. I'd either want to be hot or cold. That way, there's no disappointment at the end. I know what I'm going to get if I'm hot, and I know what I'm going to get if I'm cold. But when you're warm, you think you're hot. I'm going to get in. And he said he'll spew you. When we're shown or told secret things in the high place, certain things take place. Jesus told them on the way down the mountain, don't speak of these things that you saw until he's risen from the dead. Speaking of himself, the son of man. We must realize that everything we're exposed to has a determined season of when we're to share it with others. And I tell you, if you go home today and you experience the glory of God in your home, that if you came back on Sunday and you told a saint, if I'm the most holiest one in here, they could be, they'll be lining up because everybody thinks they're holy. But you can tell the most holy person in here that you experienced the glory of God and this is what happened. And they go look at you and go, that ain't God. Especially if they've never experienced it. That's why he says, shh, just, if you tell them they're going to think you've lost your mind, might mess a few things, just be quiet. Don't talk about this stuff that you've seen. If I told you I was in my office last night, and I seen Jesus himself come and stand at the door in a bright showing light, you'd think I lost my mind. You'd think I lost my mind. If you've never experienced it, you can't make yourself believe it. 
Because you're living in the valley instead of coming up here. You won't come out from where you are and you want to experience and you're, you're wanting to see and you're, you're wanting to, to know God in all of His splendor and His glory and you won't change the way that you're living. Are you kidding me right now? Your salvation and your ability to get to know God is not dependent upon whether or not you can fit Him in your schedule. It's whether or not you're willing to fit in His. You're trying to do this on your own. You're trying to do it any old way you want. Keep on doing it. You're going to get the same results. You're going to be that person. I hate to say this. But I got to. You, you could be that person. You could keep living the way that you're living right now and in your life. And at the end of your days, at the dying age of your days, you go find yourself alone. That's the worst pain in the world to experience. Pastor, how do you know that? I'll tell you how. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Do you want to experience that because you're unwilling to change your life? You are so prideful of yourself. And I know you're working right into Scripture because he says in the last days, there's going to be a great falling away. There, people are going to turn against people. People are going to leave from the truth. They're going to go find the word that tickles their ears. They're going to start going and falling into false gospels and teachings. But you don't care. You do what you want to do. Man, day Saturday. I, I want to go to church and clean the church on a Saturday, and I got to be there tomorrow. And I've been working all week. What you mean, preach on Wednesday? I don't, I've been working all day long, and I'm. But you're the pastor. You should be able. Yeah, because I ain't got nothing else. I ain't got no other life. The difference is I just choose to put his before mine. And you choose to put yours before his. It's a difference. We, we got to be so cautious. And I'm boasting in his strength. So I can clear you up. Because if it wasn't for his strength, I'm telling you now, I'd have punched that time card a long time ago. Come up here. We must realize that everything that we're exposed to has a determined season to share with others. Not everyone around you can handle what you experience. If the other nine was ready, Jesus would have took them too. There's many things that we're going to learn and experience along the way of our journey as we go higher in Him. This is why it's so important that we mature in our faith. And that we grow up in our salvation. But you're going to have to want it. I can't make you. I just want to challenge you. Don't sit in your complacency. There's more to the kingdom of God than going to church on a Sunday. 
I know Wednesdays are tough for some and people work. I, I get that. But there are others that make a choice. I ain't got time to eat before I get here. There's Wednesdays I don't eat. See, we, we're so quick to make excuses to edify our flesh. And then we try to justify it with God's goodness and his grace. Well, God knows my heart and he, he knows I'm tired. I bet you Jesus was tired too, wasn't he? When he drug that cross. I guarantee you he was tired all the way. Can you imagine if he'd have said, man, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich right about now when he was getting whipped at the post. That sounds good right about now. And got up when he got a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Where would I be? Oh, where would I be? See, Michelle, y'all don't know. Michelle, they don't know. They don't know that they don't know. I'm done. I'm done. That's what was poured in. That's what I poured out, and that's where I quit. My God, hear the word of the Lord. Come up here. <laughs> 